0: Welcome to Functional Design and Closure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use Closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling.
1: That's right. We love Closure and we love talking about Closure. And we would love talking about Closure with you if you come on over to our Closure and Slack channel. But until then, are you new to this podcast? If you are, Head on back to episode one. We do series and you can see all those series at closuredesign.club. But if you want to hear what we're all about and why we do it, episode one is a place to start. We are currently in our Sportify series. That started in episode 101. Sportify, the sports (laughs) clip capital of the world. (laughs) Flooding social media with sports, 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 highlight videos everywhere. So that's what we're doing right now. Overflowing, yes. Yes, overflowing social media with sports clips. So we've been automating the process for making these clips. We figured it out with a REPL using our Fiddle file workflow. We made a tracer bullet that did everything end-to-end, very imperative. And we've been using that for a while. And we discovered that, well, we might actually need to make this thing testable. (laughs) 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 Turns out it doesn't just always work perfectly every time, and we're trying to figure out what's going wrong with this program.
0: Yes, it turns out the the strategy of just run it again was not enough to make it a reliable piece of software. So we need to figure out how to test. We've been working on how to figure out how to test and how to debug this process when it's running, uh, test it so we can make changes to it, and so the strategy we've been taking is, is trying to take a lot of the pure logic parts the, that are in the IO function, we're taking them out, we're pulling them into what we call our top level or our or the orchestration function, the function that kind of sequences everything together. And so yes. we've been doing that so far with a lot of the, 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 the reading information about the world. So we read information about the event from the event database and we read event information about the clips from the, the MAM. And we take... Instead of processing those inside of the IO functions, we are using a pure transform outside of that. So we can actually make our working information or our the, the information that's relevant to our application. We've been creating this and, and now we're getting to the point where we actually need to do something.
1: Yes. And pure functions are great. They're super testable. So we can take this pure data structure that we got back after we did the ugly, messy side effect <laughs> IO And transform it into a much more concise, much more useful pure data structure that we're going to use within our application. We've been calling this our internal working model of of data. And so we can write unit tests for that transform, right? And just actually have literal examples that we got and write the unit tests. And so this has been great. This has been a great boon for testing that stuff coming in. And we realized that sometimes those services, well, they don't send us all of the fields, right? Some of those fields didn't get filled out. They were missing or they had invalid values in them. It's like, wait a minute. I thought that was supposed to be a number. How did characters get in there and things like that?
0: So we can take those examples and put them in our tests and run them through these pure transforms and and be able to detect those or whatever we need to do. It's like sometimes the, uh, the option is just, you know, don't do anything or just die or throw an exception. But a lot of times we can fix those up, but we need to be able to handle all those different cases as we find them, we add more tests, which is great. The problem is now we're at the S3 download and the S3 download is blowing up. So we need to test and debug the S3 download. That's the problem. That's the next one.
1: Well, I blame Amazon, right? I think we don't need to test anything. We just need to fill out our support ticket and say, hey, fix fix your service because uh, i'm getting errors when i'm trying to download files what do you think
0: <laughs> yes i think that sounds like something <laughs> they will totally do we're, we're we're definitely a big fish and nasty
1: right it's throwing exceptions what's going wrong right it couldn't possibly be our code right i mean what's there to test it must be on them <laughs> or maybe maybe it is our code and maybe we need to we need to see something about our inputs <laughs> and i think that's the
0: Whenever you're debugging, you need you need to gather information about what was going what what the program was thinking at the point in time where the error happened. And one of the things that is primary in this situation is we sent a request to S3 to download. Well, what what did that request look like? So obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but the except there's an exception that gets thrown when we try to download. So so there is an error happening, but what happened just before that error. So we know what caused it, you know, that that's, that's the, that's the problem. And the way that you get, the way that you figure that out is by uh, learning more about what the program was thinking at the time. We need, we need context. We need information, right? We need to gather it up.
1: Yeah. I, I, uh, I have a friend in, you know, in quotes, a friend who uh, one time (laughs) tried to download S S3 key That had a space between the slash and then the thing because uh, that friend forgot to call string trim on a field that shouldn't have had spaces, but just happened to, you know. And so, you know, this friend of mine was staring and staring at this, trying to figure out like what was going on. And then all of a sudden realized that this path had a space in it. (laughs) And it was just like, oh oh, that there shouldn't be a space there right in front of the file name for this, right? That shouldn't be there. Oh, string trim, easy, easy fix, right? But boy, you know, figuring it out took a whole lot longer than the fix in this case.
0: Yeah, because you needed to know what information was there. And so, well, how do you know what, what information is in your application when it's running after it has already died? How- <laughs> Like, right. that's the problem. It's this not common list where we can, like, cast the exception and, and rewind state back into, you know, and, and <laughs> tra- time travel. No, no. This is every other mediocre language that we have to function in here. Um, right. Where the program has died. It is dead. There's no way to ask it any questions. <laughs> <laughs> it will not give us any answers.
1: Right. Specifically, it threw an exception... And right. uh, went all the way up the call stack. We, we got this stop the world that we like. You know, it's like, okay, I cannot proceed. So it goes all the way up the call stack. That's great. But unfortunately, that exception didn't really give us much other than what Amazon decided to tell us. And some of those uh, error messages, let's say, are, are cryptic. Or hey, maybe we're using S3 clone in this case. And it has even worse error messages. Who knows? <laughs> so we want to figure out. We we would like to have all the information. So, Nate, I think what we should do is catch the exception and then log out that request that we tried to send.
0: Okay. Well, now now when there's an exception, we will be able to see what it tried to do. We will be able, basically, you know, with your friend. <laughs> I have a friend like that too. My friends have <laughs> lots of problems programming. I I have nothing. I have no no problems. Anyway. That when you when you see the log it's really easy oh there's a space in there done you know would be really easy the problem yeah. however is well we logged and the program just happily carried along tried to download the next one you know
1: oh you mean you mean after the catch right so we caught yes. the error and now it's like oh let's go download the next one but now we have a file missing so so even worse is let's say we have a file missing And it does download Hmm. all the other ones because the clips metadata that we got from the ma'am, our beloved media asset manager, yes, uh, had the space in just that one file. So then all the other ones download and then the highlight reel gets put together and then it's missing the key clip, right? That was like the big uh, (laughs) touchdown, uh, the big uh, ball crossing the line (laughs) at the right moment. You know, highlight. <laughs> that was the big one. Yes. The point acquisition. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you, you you actually just detailed the the optimal, you know, uh scenario in that. Like I'm just imagining the future thing is gonna die because that, that file is missing, you know. I mean, I'm sure either way that it you on. Either way, we're we're we are not in the place we want to be. We actually do want to stop the world. That's true. And so instead of just trying and catching, sorry, trying catching logging, we should just rethrow. We should we can we can log out the context and then we can rethrow. So we get the we get the best of both worlds. We get the log for context, we get the exceptions, we stop the world, and I think we're done.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because then we can see more information about what happened, right? But um I guess the other problem is that if the issue was in your we're looking at the request and Mm -hmm. the request looks kind of funny and it's like, well, what, what was in the clip information? Like how did that request get screwed up? What was in the clip information? Right? Like we can try to sort of guess by reversing the process in our mind, you know, back to, well, if the request looked like that, then the inverse of the, function that made the request (laughs) must have had the data look like this, but I don't know about you. That's like a three or four cup of coffee moment. That's not the beginning of the day kind of moment, right? And it's definitely not the end of the day kind of moment either.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, The only way to know what the program was doing is to know what the program was doing. If you're trying to figure out what the program was doing by reverse engineering it, uh, you're going to get it wrong. I mean, my friends have always gotten it wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Every time that you've helped them very constructively with perfect advice. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So why don't we just catch it outside of the function? Right. And then then we'll log the clip information and re-throw because we want to stop the world. Okay, so so now we basically have
0: one try catch that's in our big orchestrating function instead of a try catch that's down in the IO function. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So now we know what the, what the context was or what that that it, our working information. The problem is we don't have what what the IO function sent to S three because it made it right before it sent it. So now we have it's like. Before oh, in d- the
1: function, right? In the S3 function, it made the request. Yeah. So we're looking at the clip thing that we logged out and we're like, well, that looks pretty good, you know? And then now how, we're like trying ma- to copy and paste that information out into our REPL. And then we're trying to run the the transform function that generated the request pure data structure that we need, you know, to figure out what it looked like. And what? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we, we can't see that request, right? So so in one case we
0: know the too specific information and the other case we know the the, the general but not the specific. So we 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 can't we can't put a try catch in 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 the right place. There is no ideal place for the try catch. That's we 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 are stuck.
1: Ah. Ah, okay. <laughs> this is this is easy. We should Catch and throw and catch and throw and catch and throw, right? So we should just catch and throw every level and have every level log out its information. And uh, what do you think of that?
0: Uh, Did I stutter? I said, there is no ideal place.
1: (laughs) Oh, my we word. just start yes. catching and throwing everywhere, right? And then maybe every we can function. even make our own custom exception types and we can start accreting information into our custom exception types so that we can uh, just have a big, you oh. know, throw log at the top of our whole application, right? <laughs> and then we and
0: then we should make a Defin macro wrapper that puts a try catch in every function. Because we want it oh. at every level, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I love hiding uh side effects with macros. <laughs> That's like whoa. Wow. Oh. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things to do in closure. Makes me feel like I'm using Scala again. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. So, yes, yeah, so so maybe anyway, not, right? All of this, <laughs> right? So in all of this, the root issue is that there's context in two different places. So there's like the top-level context which has our crude information from the events, the clips, the what's files are there, all that stuff. And then we have the hidden context inside that S3 fetcher function. And so Right. We 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 have we have we have information we want to know in two different
1: places, and that that's the problem. Inside the s three function, the outside context is hidden because we didn't pass everything into the function, right? Right. And outside the s three function, that internal context at that request map is hidden. And definitely, one thing I've learned when making software is it's nice to just log out what the program had in the moment and not some uh, component that I have to like re-transform or rederive or re-reverse in my mind to figure it out, right? We, we, we really just want to get this context into one place, right? So that so it's, it's plain, it's not hidden, it's not buried.
0: So we can have just one log line that has all of the context in it and the actual context, not any derived stuff. Yeah. Well, so yeah. what we need to do is we need to get that, that, con- that temporary context that's in the IO, that, that temporary, that request, we need to pull it out. Pull right. it out of the, out of the S3 function.
1: Yeah. Lift it on out of that function and get it back into that main sequencing, orchestrating function that's running the whole process. But what, practically, what does that look like?
0: So what the S3 function needs? Well, the actual not not the S3 function, the one we wrote. The S3 function, the function that comes from the library. We're in this case, we're using AWS, the AWS API from Cognitect. It has a it has a function that's like execute or oh, I forget what it's called. I have to link to it.
1: Request, I think. But that but just yes. takes.
0: Yeah, there you go. It takes a map that fully describes the request that you want to make, and in this case, the download is you full you fully describe what you want to do and so that the creation of that from the the so to speak global context or the core context the primary context um, is a pure function it's a pure transform because there's no io that needs to be ha- has happened in that and so what we do instead of doing that that construction of that pure data structure inside the io inside the s3 function we do that outside and we just hand the request in to, to our s3 uh, our S3 doer,
1: <laughs> right? Right. The idea is we don't want this to do any thinking of any kind, right? Mm, right. It's exactly. sort of a grunt. It's just sort of like fully specified the the bits it needs to know. Where and what that means practically is like not doing a transform on that data. We should hand it parameters, and it should be a very straightforward to just pick out you know, each of those parameters and, and pass them along to, to the thing it does, right? So in this case, we hand it the full AWS request map. We hand it the full file path that this file is going to get downloaded to. And it knows to call the AWS request um, function and then take the resulting output stream and copy that to the file system. Right, and so it's it's actually in this case doing um, a, a a more than one stream of I/O, right? Mm-hmm. But the point is, it doesn't. It's it's not it's not generating information. It's not it's not thinking, right? It's not creating information. Like it's a hundred percent a boring outcome of what we passed into it.
0: Yes, and exactly the reason why we pull that out is because that generated function, any thinking that it does will result in information, will result in context, in this case it's the request, that we want to know at the top level. And so because of that, we remo- if we remove the thinking, we remove the information. So it's not because right. we don't like thinking, we don't like pure functions. No, no. If we put them in a, a place where the pure functions are best to be called, then we can have all the information there. And when the information's all in one place, then it's, it's more uh, inspectable. Because then all of, the, all of the relevant information is in one place and you can you can log that. And then when there's an error, you can see, you can peruse it. It'll be a whole laundry list of things. And you, but you can go through and you can be like, oh, the request has this in it, but the clip metadata has this in it. Oh, and now I see what the problem was. It was in my transform function. Or, oh, I see what the problem is. S3 is
1: down. <laughs> you know, or whatever. Right. Yeah. and And so that the the way that begins to look is in the sequencing function, you're calling an API endpoint, and then you mm-hmm. get this pure response back. And so you bind that pure response to something. And then you pass that pure response off to a extractor function that then gives you an internal value, which was pure. And then you bind that to something, right? And then now you're going to call in this case, uh, another pure function that's going to take you know, some of these other internal working bits that we made. So it's going to take the uh, internal working model of a clip, right? Pure data of a clip, internal working model of the output file, right? And it's going to pass that into the a, another pure function that is going to give us an AWS request for this, you know? And so this AWS request for this, then this we pass a- and that that output file we pass that into that function right and so we're kind of like do some something bind the, re- response, pure, bind the response pass it to another function it might be pure might be io bind the response pass it to another function might be pure or io bind the response right
0: mhm yeah and and, and re- just real quick those io functions end up being very very simple they're often just one line like that's what we want to do is we want to make them so dumb so simple that all of the logic is elsewhere all in this in this cascading let. So you've you've started listing off these lets, you know, you bind, then you bind, then you bind. And now I mean we're getting to the point where our let block is getting really long, really maybe too long. I yes. think we're kind of we're kind of really letting ourselves go here. <laughs> yes. We're too we we've accrued too much, too much too much uh, portliness. We need to uh, figure out how to make right. this a little slimmer.
1: Right. The the goal is a good goal. We we want this pure data. We want these IO functions that are so simple we probably never really need to touch them again. Right. Because exactly the, they just are incredibly simplistic. So if they are gonna have an issue, it's gonna be an issue with the library we're using or you know, some runtime issue, you know, the service mm-hmm. was down or things like that. But just totally simplistic. So, it's really neat because then this context that we built up in our ever-increasing giant let block, um, (laughs) but it does tell us, that's that's the upside, right? It does tell us everything there is to know when something goes wrong. It's all right there at our fingertips, right? All all of it in one big giant sea of bindings, but it's it's, there, right?
0: It's overflowing our fingertips even. (laughs) Yes. Yes, So we've really just moved the problem somewhere else, right?
1: (laughs) Well, it sounds like we've made some progress, right? We've we've sort of got everything in one place. We've made some progress. But it also sounds like uh, we need to kick the can down the road a little bit and uh, figure out what we can do with this uh, overwhelmingly long orchestration sequencing function that's just getting really out of hand.
0: If only there was something we could do. I think I have an. Oh, wait, no, 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 that was it. Sorry. Too tempting. Too tempting. (laughs) All right, all right. That's
1: right. We're out of time. (laughs) We must move on.
0: (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed us talking about uh, collecting all of our context together. Um, And we would love to hear from you and what you think of this process. What do you think of the idea of pulling the IO and the the logic apart? Uh, Has it worked well for you? Have you run into problems with it? Uh, If you have any. Anything you would like to say at us, please hop into our Closure Design Dash Podcast channel on Closure and Slack. Or if you prefer long form, you know, uh more iterative uh communication, please do feel free to send us an email at feedback at club, or even a tweet at closuredesign on x.com.
1: That's right. We'd love to hear from you and have that discussion. If you are curious about the show notes for this episode, we have um, our favorite quotes and a list of topics covered in this episode, as well as links to various resources we mentioned. For example, we'll link to the Cognitech API. We'll even link to other parts of the series. So you can go (laughs) to our nexus of information where you've collected all of the context for the podcast by going to closuredesign.club. Well, we had
0: fun this week and we will let you know what next week holds. (laughs) Thanks for listening.